It's Thursday, January 14th, 2016. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Folk Runyon. And tonight, we present a commentary and a reading of uh, the the Rubiat of Omar Khayyam, a poem from medieval Persia, by the mystic and astronomer, Omar Khayyam, translated by Edward Fitzgerald and published in 1859. Now, the Rubiat is quintessentially romantic in style and content. It is said to reflect the ancient Syrianic hedonistic philosophy of Aristippus and extols a libertine lifestyle in preference to piety. When I was a teenager, I needed to break away from Christian fundamentalism, so I adopted the Rubiat as my alternative to the Bible. I memorized the entire poem so that I could quote seductive passages to Baptist versions while drinking beer on the beach at sunset. (laughs) Those were the days. Or as Omar would put it, Alas, that spring should vanish with the rose, and youth's sweet-scented manuscript should close. The nightingale that in the branches sang, ah, whence and whither flown again, who knows? And so, if you yearn to know what Omar's moving finger writ, then stay with us, and we will inoculate you against excessive piety. Oh, we're going to have fun tonight. Now, uh, I've had a long, long and very, very, uh, very satisfying relationship with the Rubiat of Omar Khayyam. Um, actually, I think I think my mother felt sorry for me. She dragged me to this fundamentalist church when I was a kid, and and and. Uh, I think she felt felt sorry for me because she she gave me my first copy of the Ruby out of Omar Khayyam, and she even gave me as a present uh, a wonderful uh, long playing recording of it by I believe Ralph Bellamy. I think he he did a, a, a long playing version of it, and I um, I did I I, I I needed it to to break loose from this from all of this. This fundamentalist uh, uh, goody-goody stuff and and, and all, and uh, I think it would be a wonderful corrective for those of you out there who are trying to escape from fundamentalist upbringings. And I've certainly had several friends that fall into that category. this this is a, this is a great way to do it. I mean, to, to get all of that stuff and yet pour it into you to sort of give a counterfoil to it. Also, too, uh, I think personally, and I think once you read the Rubiat, uh, Fitzgerald's translation especially, once you read it and you study it, you're going to realize that Crowley was very much influenced by it. And those of you who are still... Uh, still very polemic. You're going to find that uh, that uh, Fitzgerald um, 
Fitzgerald was uh, obviously an influence, or, or Fitzgerald version of Kayyem was. This was obviously an influence on Crowley, although Crowley just his only comment on it in, in his confessions was that it was a fad at the time. Well, it was a fad that obviously he was a fan of, and um, and you can see that. And as and as we progress in it, you will see. Also, but something I, I want to correct on the when I when I published the abstract on this, I said that that this was a Sufi poem. No, I'm going to correct that. It wasn't. Uh, Omar Khayyam should not be should not be referred to as a Sufi. Actually, some of the some of the pious individuals he was criticizing in his poetry and satiring were actually Sufis. And he says so in one in one line in that we'll quote tonight. He he, he he even mentions the Sufis. Omar, um, I don't think. Although my my philosophy professor at the uh, University of Florida, Dr. Davidson, he 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 apparently thought that Omar was influenced by the Greek uh, by the Greek philosopher Aristippus, um, who was the father of of. Uh, what is called serious Syrianic hedonism and uh, uh, the pursuit of pleasure as, as a philosophy of life. I don't. Yeah, that's possible that that Omar uh, that Omar read uh, uh, Aristippus because uh, the Persians back in the back in the Middle Ages in the end. Uh, Omar was contemporary with uh, King Richard and Robin Hood uh, over on our side of the pond, uh, over there in Persia. And, uh, and but Omar was was um, um, lived a life of exciting adventure, and and uh, and he really was quite a character. Um, and sure enough, there was a movie made about him. Obviously, um, uh, Cornell Wilde played Omar, and, and, and Michael Rooney was was uh, uh, Osanos, and uh, even Saba, the old man of the mountain. Uh, by the way, just a little bit, a little bit of that uh, history of Omar. Omar, um, when he was in school. He had two two very uh, uh, close friends. One of them became the Grand Wazir, and the other one became the Old Man of the Mountain. And the the uh, Hassan Ibn Saba, the the uh, the Grand Master of the Assassins, uh, who founded the Ismaili sect. And uh, these three these three uh, uh, students. Um, when they were in school, they 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 made a pledge that they would share that that, that whichever one of them achieved fortune would share would share it with the others. Well, uh, sure enough, uh, the grand uh, one of them became the grand wazir, and he made uh, Omar the uh, the poet laureate and 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 the court uh, uh, and gave him an appointment, probably as court astrologer. But uh, but Omar was primarily an astronomer; he was a scientist. Wrote a textbook on algebra, and he was he, Omar was one of the one of the uh, he was a Renaissance man uh, over in Persia uh, a couple hundred years before before the Renaissance got started, and uh, uh, but Omar's was what we would call religiously philosophically what we would call an agnostic. He was very very cynical of of. Um, uh, well, the whole idea of, of 
revelation and and uh, and uh, uh, the, the supernatural, the whole idea of, uh, of God and 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 intervening in human affairs, and whatever. He was very 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 cynical about, and his and his poem, especially in the Rubaiyat, uh, indicates that. And I want to point out that even though. He's highly respected, and his tomb is still visited today. And the Sufis now, today, now they claim him. Uh, at least some Sufi orders claim him as a, as a genuine Sufi. But he really was not a Sufi. He, he uh, in fact, during his during his heyday, um, they the Sufis were were against him, and 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 uh, and so were so were the imams and the ayatollahs. They didn't like him either, uh, because his poetry was was blasphemous. And well, as you'll see tonight, uh, you could imagine it would be. Um, and uh, he was extolling uh, a life of pleasure, you know, uh, uh, and uh, you know, whatever if it feels good, do it. He was he was in in he was just as much of a thelemite as as, as Crowley was, and like I say, I I'm, I, I really do think that the that the Ruby Adam Omar Khayyam uh, had an influence on Crowley, on the Fitzgerald's version of it. Because uh, remember, now it was eighteen. It was published first published eighteen fifty nine. What we're going to read tonight, and uh, and and Crowley was um, you know he was he was. Um, Getting started, you know, in in his career in in the eighteen in the eighteen seventies, eighteen eighties, and uh, now with me, I uh, I I just love this poem, and I as I said, I needed I I'd been had so much of this fundamental Christianity rammed down my throat that I needed it, and and I memorized it, and and like I said, I. I, you know, the the old verse from Ruby out there, most of us know, a loaf of, you know, a, a jug of wine, a loaf of bread, and thou, and with, beside me in the wilderness, ah, wilderness is paradise now, you know, we all know that one. And uh, so, obviously, uh, I was, uh, I was using the Ruby out uh, to, to, uh, to, to, to beguile the, the Baptist virgins with my with my poetic uh, romantic uh, <laughs> anyway, and and also too I have another story that I that I, I was sharing with Andrea tonight. Um, when I I was up in uh, I spoke Mom Hill Special Forces uh, um, back when you know uh, in my in my twenties and and. Uh, and I, I was a corporal, and 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 uh, we had a duty. Somebody had to be what we call CQ, charge of quarters. And what what you had to be if you were the CQ is you had to go down to the orderly room, and the orderly room was in front of about ten barracks in a line. Um, you know, the, the, you have a whole battalion, a bunch of barracks, and 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 they had they had this orderly room. And uh, uh, so we'd be, the CQ would, would stay there all night, and he was the officer on duty, but he was actually, quite often he wasn't an officer. Uh, they, they'd have an OD, they'd have, a, they'd have a duty officer, but he'd be for the whole, uh, usually for the, the whole battalion, sometimes for the company. But, but the CQ would usually be the company CQ for the company. And he would stay there 
with a pot of coffee all night um, in the in the orderly room to take calls and you know to be there in case anybody checked in, and and his also his duty was to wake up the troops, and and he didn't blow the bugle, but but he did uh, what the CQ did. Uh, well, in some in some outfits they would have him. He, he'd put the he'd put a, a bugle call record on the on the on the loudspeaker, but uh, in special forces he'd just get on the loudspeaker and he'd usually usually they'd say something obscene like, uh, "All right, you guys, it's four o'clock in the morning," yeah. and then they then they make an obscene remark about uh, about how. And I'm like, how, I, he, he, "Those of you who've been in the service, you know what the you know what the remark is. It, it involves uh, it involves something." Uh, and, and then you put your socks on something that rhymes with socks, and 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 that's usually the way the CQ would wake to wake the guys up in the morning. Well, I thought I got to do something different, so <laughs> so I uh, when it, when when it came time for me to to, uh, to put on a loudspeaker, I I remember my Omar and I said I got the loudspeaker tuned up real loud, and I said, Awake, for morning in the bowl of night has flung the stone that puts the stars to flight. And lo, the hunter of the east has caught the sultan's turret in a noose of light. Well, I thought they'd like it, but they didn't. They were roaring, and they they were roaring as if they were in pain, and they were saying, No, 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 no more, no, no, shut up, no, no. So I guess they didn't like, it. but anyway. Um, uh, so that was that was one one use of Omar, and uh, so we'll, we're we're going to go um, uh, into it right now. And and uh, by the way, I want to say this: those of you who are familiar with with Omar, I have edited out a, a little section of the poem, uh, and the reason is is that this little section is a metaphor where where Kayam is in a potter shop and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of pots in the shop uh and and the potters uh, making pots and 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 the pots are all having having a conversation it's all very metaphoric and it's and it's nice and all of that but but it kind of it it for a reading it it uh, it it, make, it gets a little hard to follow so I I I use that to kind of shorten things up a little bit and uh, and but I encourage you as you said and those of you who um, who are going to get a hold of Rubiot and read it after this introduction to it and and I hope you will. Um, Especially you Thelemites, because I want you—you know—you're going to—you're going to immediately see that Crowley was influenced by this. Um, and so, let's start off. Awake, for morning in the bowl of night has flung the stone that puts the stars to flight, and lo, the hunter of the east has caught the sultan's turret in a noose of light. Dreaming when dawn's left hand was in the sky, I heard a voice within the tavern cry, Awake, my little ones, and fill the cup before life's liquor in its cup be dry. 
And as the cock crew, those who stood before the tavern shouted, Open then the door, you know how little while we have to stay, and once departed, may return no more. Now the new year, reviving old desires, the thoughtful soul to solitude retires. For the white hand of Moses on the bow puts out, and Jesus from the ground suspires. Yet am indeed is gone with all its rose, and young sheed's seven-ringed cup where no one knows, but still the vine her ancient ruby yields, and still a garden by the water blows. And David's lips are locked, but in divine, high-piping Pallavi with wine, 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 red wine, the nightingale cries to the rose, that yellow cheek of hers in Caradine. Come, fill the cup, and in the fire of spring, the winter garment of repentance fling. The bird of time has but little way to fly, and lo, the bird is on the wing. And look! A thousand blossoms with the day woke, and a thousand scattered into clay. And this first summer month shall bring the rose, and it shall take Yamshid and Kaikobad away. But come with old Kayam and leave the lot of Kaikobad and Kaikoshru forgot. Let Rustam lay about him as he will, or hate him tie, cry supper, heed them not. With me, along some strip of herbage strewn that just divides the desert from the sun, where name of slave and sultan scarce is known, and pity sultan Mahmud on his throne. Here, with a loaf of bread beneath the bough, a flask of wine, a book of verse, and thou, beside me, singing in the wilderness, Ah, wilderness is paradise now. How sweet is mortal sovereignty, think some. Others, how blessed the paradise to come. Ah, take the cash in hand and wave the rest, nor heed the music of a distant drum. Look to the rose that blows about us. Low laughing, she says, into the world I blow, and once the silken tassel of my purse tear and its treasure on the garden throw. The worldly hope men set their hearts upon turns ashes, or it prospers and anon, like snow upon the desert's dusty face, lighting a little hour or two is gone. And those who husbanded the golden grain, and those who flung it to the winds like rain, alike no such orate earth are turned, as buried once men dug up again. Think in this battered caravansaray, whose doorways are altered at night and day, how sultan after sultan with his pomp abode his hour or two, and went his way. They say the lion and the lizard keep the courts where Yamshid gloried and drank deep, and Baram, that great hunter, the wild ass, stamps o'er his head, and he lies fast asleep. I sometimes think that never blows so red the rose as where some buried Caesar bled, that every hyacinth the garden wears dropped in its lap from someone's lovely head. And this delightful herb 
whose tender green fletches the river lip upon which we lean. Ah, lean upon it lightly, for who knows from what once lovely lip it springs unseen. Ah, my beloved, fill the cup with clears today of past regrets and future fears. Tomorrow? Why, tomorrow I may be myself with yesterday's 7,000 years. Lo, some we loved, the loveliest and the best, that time and fate of all their vintage pressed, have drunk their cup a round or two before, and one by one crept silently to rest. And we, that now make merry in the room they left, in summer dresses and new bloom, ourselves, must we beneath the couch of earth descend, ourselves to make a couch for whom? Ah, make the most of what we yet may spend, before we too into the dust descend, dust into dust, and under dust to lie, sends winds and songs and singer and sends and... Alike for those who for today prepare, and those after a tomorrow stare, a museum from the Tower of Darkness cries, Fools, your reward is neither here nor there. Why, all the saints and sages who discussed of the two worlds so learnedly are thrust, like foolish prophets forth, their words to scorn are scattered and their mouths are stopped with dust. Oh, come with old Kayan and leave the wise to talk. One thing is certain that life flies. One thing is certain, and the rest is lies. The flower that once has blown forever dies. I myself, when young, did eagerly frequent doctor and saint and heard great argument about it and about. But evermore came out by the same door as in I went. And with them the seed of wisdom did I sow, and with mine own hand wrought to make it grow. And this was all the harvest that I reaped. I came like water, and like wind I go. Into this universe, and why not knowing, not whence, like water, willy-nilly flowing, and out of it, as wind, along the waste, I know not whither, nilly blowing, willy-nilly blowing. What, without asking, hither, hurried, whence, and without asking, whither, hurried, hence, Oh, another cup to drown the memory of that impertinence. Up from earth's center through the seventh gate I rose, and on the throne of Saturn sat, and many knots unraveled by the road, but not the knot of human death and fate. There was a door to which I found no key, there was a veil past which I could not see. Some little talk a while of me and thee there seemed, and then no more of thee and me. Then to the rolling heaven itself I cried, asking, What lamp hath destiny to guide her little children stumbling in the dark? And the blind understanding heaven replied, then to this earthen bowl did I adjourn, my lip the secret well of life to learn. And lip to lip it murmured, while you live, drink, 
for once dead, you shall not return. I think the vessel that with fugitive articulation answered, once did live and merry make, and the cold lip I kissed, how many kisses might it give and take? For in the marketplace, one dusk of day, I watched the potter thumping his wet clay, and with its all obliterated tongue it murmured, Gently, brother, gently pray. Ah, fill the cup, what boots it to repeat? How time is slipping underneath our feet. Unborn tomorrow and dead yesterday, why fret about them if today is sweet? One moment in annihilation's waste, one moment of the well of life to taste. The stars are setting, and the caravan starts for the dawn of nothing. Oh, make haste. How long, how long, in infinite pursuit of this and that endeavor and dispute? Better be merry with the fruitful grape than sadden afternoon but bitter fruit. You know, my friends, how long since in my house for a new marriage I did make carouse, divorced old barren reason from my bed, and took the daughter of a vine to spouse. For is and is not though with rule and line, and up and down, without, I could define, and yet, in all, I only cared to know, I was never deep in anything but wine. And lately, by the tavern door agape, came stealing through the dusk an angel shape, bearing a vessel on his shoulder, and he bid me taste of it, and twas the grape. The grape that can with logic absolute the two and seventy jarring sects confute. The subtle alchemist that in a trice life's leaden metal into gold transmute. The mighty Mahmud, the victorious lord, that all the misbelieving and black horde of fears and sorrows that infest the soul scatters and slays with his enchanted sword. But leave the wise to wrangle and with me to quarrel of the universe let be. And in some corner of the hubbub couched, make a game of that which makes a game of thee. For in and out, above, about, below, tis nothing but a magic shadow show, played in a box whose candle is the sun, round which we phantom figures come and go. And if the wine you drink, the lip you press, end in the nothing, all things end in, yes. Well, then, fancy, while thou art, thou art but what thou shalt be, nothing, and thou shalt not be less. While the rose blows along the river brink, with old Kayan the ruby vintage drink, and when the angel with his darker draft draws upon thee, take that, and do not shrink. Tis all a checkerboard of nights and days, where destiny with men for pieces plays, hither and thither moves and mates and slays, and one by one back in the closet lays. The ball no question makes of eyes and nose, but right or left as strikes the player goes, and he that tossed you down into the field, he knows about it all. 
he knows. Oh, he knows. The moving finger writes, and having writ moves on, or all your piety in her wit shall lure it back to cancel half a line. All, all your tears wash out a word of it. And that inverted bowl we call the sky, where under crawling coops we live and die, lift not your hands to it for help, for it rolls impotently on as you and I. With the earth's first clay, they did the last man need. And then, of the last harvest, sowed the seed. Yea, the first morning of creation wrote what the last dawn of reckoning shall read. I tell thee this, when starting from the goal, over the shoulders of the flaming foal of Heaven, our wind, and Mustari they flung in my predestined plot of dust and soul. The vine had struck a fiber which about it, it clings my being, let the soupy flout. Of my base metal may be filed a key that shall unlock the door he howls without. And this I know whether the one true light kindle to love or wrath consume me quite. One glimpse of it within the tavern caught better than in the temple lost outright. O thou who didst with pitfall and with gin beset the road I was to wander in, thou wilt not with predestination round, amesh me and impute my fall to sin. O thou, who man of baser earth didst make, and who with Eden didst devise the snake, for all the sin wherewith the face of man is blackened, man's forgiveness give and take. Ah, would the grape my fading life provide, and wash my body once the life has died. And in the winding sheet of vine leaf wrapped, bury me in some sweet garden side. That even my buried ashes such a snare of perfume shall fling upon the air, as not a true believer passing by but shall be overtaken unaware. Indeed, the idols I have loved so long have done my credit in men's eyes much wrong, have drowned my honor in a shallow cup and sold my reputation for a song. Indeed, indeed, repentance off before I swore, but was I sober when I swore? And then, and then came spring, and rose in hand my threadbare penitence a pieces tore. And much as wise, and much as wine has played the infidel and robbed me of my robe of honor, well, I wonder what the vintners buy when half so precious as the stuff they sell. Alas, that spring should vanish with the rose, that you sweet-scented manuscript should close. The nightingale that in the branches sang, ah, whence and whither flown again, who knows?
I'll love could thou and I with fate conspire to grasp the sorry scheme of things entire, would we not shatter it to bits and then remold it nearer to the heart's desire? Ah, moon of my delight, who knowest no wane? The moon of heaven is rising once again. How oft hereafter rising shall she look through this same garden after me in vain? How long should That's um, the end. Without the uh, um, without the business of the uh, the, the pots, which I. I could go back and read. I don't think so. I, I think I'll, I'll leave you you to, to read the the allegory of the, uh, of the pots. Um, and uh, uh, let's talk about a little bit about uh, about what the what the um, what the actual uh, philosophy here um, is. Uh, that yes, he's cynical, but there is a. There is a, a, a there is a recognition of of God. I mean, there's 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 no doubt in, in, in as you as we go through this that Omar does believe in God. He just he just has a more more of a uh, well what you might call a, a a cabalistic idea of God than than the idea that God is is um, uh, that God in His highest essence is, is somebody that you can. Uh, that you can directly contact, because uh, you know the the more uh, the more philosophical Neoplatonic uh, uh, idea is that God at the highest level that we would we would say at uh, the level of of Kepler and uh, you know at the Hasselhoffic level that God God is He is satisfied with His creation and He is and He and He continues to emanate and. In this particular situation, um, uh, the hermetic view would be that you you want to get you want to get yourself in tune with the harmony of the universe, and and that way, if you can if you can tune yourself up with the harmony of the universe and and with the uh, you know uh, use uh, Lucas's uh, Star Wars idea, you can you can get yourself tuned up with the force, and and uh, then then. Uh, this is as close as you're going to come to being able to uh, to be in personal contact with God, and uh, and Omar is is being is very cynical of of you know of of the revelatory idea as we know here, and he's also he's also there's no doubt whatsoever in my mind and in and, and uh, well in the mind of most people look at look at Omar that he really is when he's talking about wine he's not talking uh this uh, I know there are some Sufis today or or western Sufis or or Sufi apologists or whatever what who will tell you that when Omar is talking about wine he's really not talking about wine he's talking about the ecstasy of God and the same thing in relation to when he's talking about uh, he's talking about the pleasures of of uh, women, and and which he does frequently in this uh, in, in this poem, that that he's talking about God. No, no, Omar is 
talking about what Omar is talking about. Omar is telling it like it is, and and he is definitely um, uh, talking about about um, enjoying enjoy enjoying life. That that's definitely what this is all about, and and. Uh, uh, so we should not, as I say, I, I don't, I don't believe, even though I know the Sufis, some Sufis and some Westernized Sufis or Sufi Western Western Sufi apologists are trying to trying to make out that Omar that Omar was a Sufi and that that this should be classified as Sufi poetry. I don't think so. Um, and um, it is it is uh, one of the most beautiful. Frankly, one of the most beautiful poems uh, I think ever written. I'm not sure that that I can do that much justice to it, but at least I've at least I I've at least I've given you an idea of of uh, the beauty of it and and of the um, of the well, the influence it's had. As I say, I know it had I know it had an influence on Crowley, and I know that uh, uh, that it's that it's had a lot of influence on on uh, on. Uh, our Western Western concept of of um, of, of Eastern exotic uh, exoticism and and and, uh, and uh, it kind of has an Arabian Nights uh, flavor character to it, and uh, and I think as I said it, it's very 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 useful to to, to break the bond the bounds of of um, uh, the, the restrictive uh, bounds of, of, of puritanical, especially fundamental Christianity. Uh, uh, I think that that that, uh, that some of the restrictions. I remember when I spent um, um, a couple of years at us at a at a college that was that was run by ministerial students by baptist ministerial students and it wasn't it was it was a liberal arts college but the baptist ministerial students ran the they 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 ran the, the campus they ran the, the um they they could break into your, your dormitory room at any time and inspect you and 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 uh, they could uh, you know fortunately uh, the fraternities were immune from them. We had fraternities. We had houses off campus, and we could get away from them. But, but the regular students had no no mercy from these people. And um, and frankly, I think uh, the Rubaiyat was one of the one of the things that uh, uh, you know that kind of kind of helped me get through that. It was uh, sort of in a way, it was kind of the Animal House philosophy. It was like uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> it it it. Uh, it it enabled us to, you know, to to um, uh, to maintain sanity in this crazy world of of um, uh, of these these uh, fanatical Southern Baptists. Uh, and as I said, and it was also very, very. Uh, and the Southern Baptist girls liked it. They thought it was, yeah, you know, obviously because it it sounds beautiful, you know, and 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 uh, uh, so it it. it it served to sort of uh, uh, to help out in that regard too. I'm uh, uh, I'm encouraging uh, all of you to uh, you know to read it. And, uh, and by the way, this particular one particular uh, edition that, that I that I read from tonight 
there are several different, by the way, Fitzgerald did several different versions of it. He changed uh, a little bit, um, mostly changing the rhyme and, 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 and the uh, sentence structure in the rhyme. Uh, <coughs> he did several different versions of it. And, and, uh, um, but the one that I that I like the best, and the one I think you should should uh, look at, uh, is the one that has the illustrations, the pen and ink illustrations by uh, by Edward Sullivan. Try to see if you can get that. There's a uh, um, there's a little sort of a fall leather. It's not leather. It's just it's that it's that that uh, that paper that looks like brown leather. Uh, a nice inexpensive edition. I think they've got a lot of them. Uh, they're they're they had them out for a while, so but you can get them get them used on Amazon for about two bucks a copy. I think it's brown leather. Um, it's a little brown leather wrap, you know, kind of a a little thing, and it has the Sullivan illustrations. And the Sullivan illustrations are delightful. They're very hermetic, and. Um, um, very, very, very much in the Western tradition. They're almost like tarot cards, and uh, and this. So uh, I would recommend if you want to get uh, get a Rubiot that 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 uh, fits in your Hermetic library and 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 and, uh, and all that I would get this. Uh, it's it's published by Avenel, A V E N E L Avenel Books, a division of Crown Publishers, and. You can find it, as I say, on uh, this little, little, little fall gold stamp, um, um, little gold filigree on the on the box on the cover, and the little brown brown book. And I would recommend that. And uh, now, next week, next week, I would like to have a call-in night. We haven't had a call-in night uh, in, in quite a while. And I'd like to hear from you folks out there. And uh, one of the good things about the last call-in uh, session we had is that some people suggested that that we uh, that we do the whole that we do the spheres the way we did the paths and and the, the tree of life that we go through the spheres. And we took that suggestion. We got that suggestion from several people, and and we did our whole series on the spheres of the Kabbalistic tree of life as a result of your suggestions. Now, uh, you know, the, the naturally the Hermetic Hour is is going to reflect the you know the CHS OTA program, of course, naturally. But that doesn't mean that we don't take uh, uh, what other what other folks out there in the in the Hermetic magical community are interested in, and we don't we don't look at that because. Uh, uh, you know, our, our listeners and, and the readers of the Seventh Ray and all of that are, uh, you know, you're very important to us what you think. So uh, next week, uh, next week we want to have you have you call in, and, and uh, uh, if you want to write it down now, um, the guest call in number is three four seven eight five seven one eight three zero, and so uh, we'll have a we'll have a little program, you know, uh, set up. So in case in case we don't get that many call-ins, we'll have something going on. But but primarily we want to hear from you, and uh, 
we want to have uh, we want to have your response. So next next week's Hermit Night, call in and talk about whatever you want about. You know, keep it on the Hermetic, keep it keep it on the Hermetic theme. And the Ruby out of Omar Khayyam definitely is Hermetic, and especially when you see these Sullivan illustrations, they're all Hermetic, and you'll realize uh, and and you'll enjoy that. And so. Until next week, and uh, we'll be getting together with you. Until next week, uh, give us a call and let us know uh, what you think and and, uh, your reaction, and uh, we'll look forward to it. Meanwhile, good magic.